0: 6 p.m. book an
1: exclusive reservation with resi global dining access right this way because the american express platinum card offers access to the centurion lounge must see live events and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants that's the powerful backing of american express see how to elevate your experiences at americanexpresscom slash with amex terms apply
2: infinity presents a new chapter in luxury Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing.
0: Hello, welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson, we've got a great show for you. We're going to be looking at some of the younger players in the MLB in the second segment. Carlos Colazzo, he does a great job with. Baseball America. He's going to be talking to me just about some of the guys that got drafted, whether or not they have a chance to see the field for the upcoming 2020 season. And we're also going to talk about some of the guys that you might want to take note of that maybe you haven't heard of, but might make an impact on a pennant race. So we're going to be talking about that in the second segment. In the final segment, I'm going to be giving you a side total for every game on Wednesday mornings, MPB and KBO betting boards, and a little something I like to call touch them all. First things first, always love to be able to answer your Twitter questions. If there's something that you like answered on this podcast, fire that into my timeline at GRS41. If you send these via DM, aka direct message, well, those letters DM to me mean does not matter. And we did get in one Twitter question today with regards to KBO futures, so let's dive into it.
2: So you have questions and Greg may or may not have any insight into them, but let's dive into the Twitter mailbag.
0: We get this one in from McNeely Trip. You can follow him on Twitter at TheKillaBJC. And he has that generous 41. Any value on the blobs at plus 1600 to win it all? Which, first things first, it warms my heart that people are looking at the smiling blobs, aka the KT Wiz, to win the whole thing in the KBO Korean Cup Series. But with that said, if you're going to be looking at futures, I'd probably be looking at the top couple teams and not really these teams that they're going to be in, like the three spot or below because here's the thing unlike in the MLB where typically you've got your wild card round and then you're down to four teams and then two this is actually a stepladder playoff here in the KBO so what happens is the top five teams in the KBO go to the playoffs you've got in the first round the five seed versus a four seed and the four seed enters in with a one to zero lead so the five seed in a best of five series needs to win three times and they can only lose once winner from that series they face off against the three seed in what I believe is a five game series. I think the only one that is a seven game series is the Korean Cup, which that involves the one seed. But from the three versus winner of four versus five, then you have to face the two seed for a series. And then from there, you finally have the one seed in action. The one seed gets a buy all the way to the Korean Cup, which is why I wouldn't really be looking at futures on any team that is really below like the NC Dinos and the Keywomb Heroes right now, as strange as it sounds, and obviously if you're betting the Heroes and the NC Dinos, you're just not getting a lot of value with their futures anyway, because if you'd wind up just winding up putting one unit on a series price on like, say, a four or a five seed right now, our good friends of Smiling Blobs are less than a game out of the five spots, so they're really competing for one of those four or five seeds. If you just wind up putting one unit on the series price for a team that you like, say, the Smiling Blah, you just keep on rolling it over and over and they wind up winning the Korean Cup, you could probably get when it's all said and done better than plus 1600, and if you don't like the series you could just tap out, so that's why I really wouldn't be looking at futures when it comes to some of these longer shots with regards to the KBO playoffs, so I do appreciate the question, obviously a little bit of a different playoff format, so glad I could go through that, and now let's go through what we all saw from a betting standpoint in the KBO and the MPB on Tuesday, try to find some trends, look at these results, and try to get to know these teams a little bit better
2: what happened yesterday let's go around the bases and find out
0: we were talking about our Blobio friends a little bit earlier and good gosh darn it tuesday morning they get it done again they knock off the Anwa Eagles. The Blobs are now winners of 11 out of their last 14, find themselves above 500 for the first time all year, and are the hottest team on planet Earth, as they have won 8 out of their last 10 games. They wound up just absolutely tattooing Warwick Soppold in this one. For Soppold. he goes 5-2 innings, giving up 7 runs, 6 of which were earned. He gave up 2 home runs, and quite honestly, it probably should have been 3, because one Metal Rojas Jr. looked like he was feeling 22 with regards to his home run count instead it was wound up ruled a double but he was driven in regardless. He was able to help the team get off to a 2-0 lead. And then from there, you had Kunsu Park along with Sungwoo Zhang, be able to get home runs for this team. They were firing all cylinders. And Orisimir de Spanier with a very good start for KT. How about seven innings? He gives up one run and the bullpen from there, which has been, let's be honest here, very, very bad for KT, mediocre. They give up one run over the course of two innings. And you know what? If the KT bullpen is mediocre, this team is going to be able to do some things because their offense is that good. How about the offense of the SK Wyverns getting it going against the Bears of Doosan? 12-7, to the Wyverns, the Two-Legged Dragons, wind up getting the win for Doosan. They wind up committing a pair of errors in this one. That certainly did not help out their pitcher, Young Ha Lee, he winds up going five to third innings. And this is a guy that, by the way, won 17 games last year. And this year, he just hasn't been the same as he winds up giving up five runs, four of which were earned. He's now got an ERA that is topping a 5-8. So needless to say, things are not necessarily going well there. And a Dusan bullpen that has been a little bit better lately. They were absolutely atrocious in this one. They go three and two thirds innings. They give up seven runs, all of which were earned for SK. Jean Wilkley has actually proven to be a pretty decent server for this team. He winds up going seven innings. He gives up three runs. First time he went north of six innings all year long. He's got a 308 ERA and a 4 2 record, so give him some credit. Bullpen of the Wyverns wasn't necessarily great in this one. They give up four runs over the course of two innings, but it helps when you're getting hitting from a little bit of everyone. And Jung Choi was able to go yard for this team. It's big because now he and Dong Min are back in the lineup. Min wound up playing the first 18 games of the season for the team. He had six home runs. He had been missing in action for over a month, so that is going to help them out. And for Choi, that is his 12th home run of the campaign. There were quite a few teams that wound up going low with regards to their scoring on Tuesday in the KBO as well. The Kia Tigers were shut out by the Samsung Lions by a count of 5-0. For Samsung, you've got to give it up to David Buck Buchanan. He goes 7 innings out, allowing a single run. He wound up giving up 7 hits, but he was able to strain those men on bullpen from there. They do their job going 2 innings of scoreless baseball. Minwoo Lee did not necessarily have the best start in this one. He gives up 4 runs over the course of 5 innings. He now has a 5-1-1 ERA as he allowed a home run in the process. And then from there, bullpen winds up actually doing a pretty decent job for this team. They go a grand total of Three innings giving up one run, but that one run was a bomb as hitting two home runs in this one for Samsung was Min O Kung, along with Sungu Lee. With Lee, he's been doing a pretty solid job for this bunch. That is now his fifth home run of the campaign. Batting average is not necessarily there, but he's providing a little bit of pop. And for Kung, that is his eighth home run of the campaign. So he certainly is doing a little bit of something for this bunch as well. Something that was not going was the LG Twins lineup as... They score a big old goose egg against the Giants of Lote as they get a 5-0 win. Dan Straley gets back-to-back wins, and he was masterful in this one. Eight headings of scoreless baseball. He gives up two hits, one walk, and gets five strikeouts. He was just unhittable in this one. In-Bach Lee was able to close out the game, and for Casey Kelly, not a bad start for LG. He certainly has been getting touched up his first time through the lineup against so many of the teams that he played, but he was better in this one. He gives up two runs over the course of seven innings. Can't pin this loss on him, and I will say the LG Twins have certainly been scuffling in the bullpen. They wind up giving up three runs, two of which were earned over the course of one inning, and for the Low-Day Giants, they were just doing this via death by a million cuts, but what was really able to help out this team chi Young Ahn. How about him being able to get three hits for the team? He's now hitting at 273. He came over from Kia during the offseason. And for LG, this is just a bunch of, Is that getting a lot out of Roberto Ramos right now. He wound up going 0-3 of 3 in this game. And a team that didn't get a lot out of their lineup on Tuesdays. Well, the NC Dinos a little bit surprisingly. The Kiwumiros get a 5-1 win for Jake Brigham. He was making his first start since the middle of May. He looked very good in this one. He goes five innings. He did wind up giving up a solo shot, but pass that. Pretty much everything else that the Dinos hit off of him was on the ground. Jin-Yuk-No wound up being able to get that home run for the NC Dinos as they were playing shorthanded. sung Bum na and Yuji Young were out of the fold in this one. But for No, he said yes to his eighth home run of the campaign. But past said, really nothing doing for the NC Dinos. And for the Dinos, they wound up having Jay-Hack Lee on the mound. He gives up five runs over the course of five and a third innings and give it up to the NC Dinos bullpen in this one. Two and two-thirds innings of scoreless baseball. This is a Dinos team that has been actually dead last in the KBO when it comes to bullpen ERA. I think that surprises a lot of people but that certainly is the case and taking a look at the MPB you did wind up having one game that got postponed the Cebu Lions and the Rakuten Golden Eagles were unable to play their game but the Oryx Buffalos and the Fukuoka South Hawks were able to play their game and for the South Hawks, a team that has won 5 out of the last 6 MPB titles they wind up being able to get the job done hanging double digits in this game they were able to get a 10-3 win for Andrew Albers he just has been all over the place throughout his MPB career and in this one he just was not able go far. He winds up going three and two-thirds innings. He gives up four runs, all of which were earned bullpen from there. They give up a grand total of five earned runs in this one over the course of five and a third innings. And you have to like the fact that the Soft Bangkoks seem to have their ace going as well. One of the best pitchers out there in the MPB and a guy that I think is certainly going to be going pro sometime in the next few years is Kodai Senga. He made a second start of the campaign. Certainly is still trying to fight through a little bit of pain, but he winds up giving up two runs over the course of six innings in this one. And for the Soft Bangkoks you have to like the fact that this team was able to get a pair of home runs, but you do have to like also the fact that for the Oryx Buffaloes, they were able to get their fifth home run of the campaign off the bat of Matsuzaka Yoshida, so there was a little bit of a bright spot for the Oryx Buffaloes. And in this one, Adam Jones, one of four in this contest. What you also had to like was the fact that you had the Chiba Lote Marines being the few, the proud, and the victorious. Five to two, the final in this one. For Chiba Lote, they wound up getting a home run off the bat of Leonis Martin. Yes, the one that used to play out there in the MLB, his fourth out there in the campaign. and and you had to like the fact that Lote was able to get a good start out of their starter as well. Manobu Mima wound up going seven innings, giving up two runs bullpen from there. Two scoreless innings, including Frank Herman being able to toss a scoreless inning as a foreign born player. And for the Ham Fighters of Nippon, it was not necessarily the start that they were looking for out of, in my opinion, their best starter in Nayuki Iusada. He winds up going five innings, gives up three runs. Poppin from there did not give up any earned runs, but it certainly was a case in which they wound up having a couple errors, two of them, which led to a couple unearned runs. So Chibolote was able to take advantage of that. And for Chibolote, this is a team that finds themselves towards the top of the MPB standings right now. A 12-9 record. The only team that is above them in the Pacific League is the Rakuten Golden Eagles who wound up rained out in their contest on Tuesday. The team that is currently at top the Central, that would be the Yamiori Giants at 1-7. 11- 7-1, and one, and they were able to get a win of their own on Tuesday as they take down the Hiroshima Carp by a count of 7-2. In this one, Yamiori was able to get a fourth spot in the third inning that really propelled them to victory, and what you had to like for Yamiori was the fact that they were able to get a home run in this one. It was the sixth of the campaign for someone that has really been able to bust out of his shell so far this year, and Kazuma Okamoto, good fielder for this team. He was able to go yard, and for Yamiori they were able to do all their damage on 10 hits. and for the Hiroshima Carp, they won Wound up having tenants of their own, but it just wasn't a lot with regard to being able to drive in runs. Really, the lone baguette that they got in this one was Alejandro Mejia being able to get his second home run in the campaign. As for the Hiroshima carp, Aaron Curry had his start just not go the way that he had planned, giving up four runs over the course of five innings. And there were some unearned runs in this one as well. As the carp wound up committing two errors, meanwhile, for the Yomiuri Giants. Not necessarily the length that they were looking for, but the results that they were looking for out of Tomoyuki Sugano. He winds up going five innings. He gave up a couple free passes, but did not allow any earned runs for the Giants. Bullpen is a little bit of an issue as Ruby De La Rosa is currently out of the fold. That is their closer, but they gave up two runs over the course of four innings to be able to preserve the win. The Hanjin Tigers all of a sudden have been able to run off a couple wins. You got to give this team a little bit of credit as this is a team that has now been able to win six out of their last seven games, and they wind up taking down the Swallows of Tokyo by a count of 6-3. 12 hits in this one for the Anchin Tigers, a team that was towards the bottom of their leg when it comes to batting average. And what is big for this team is the fact that they were able to get this one without any home runs and they were able to get a good performance out of the bullpen as well. Three scoreless innings from them. They were able to get a pretty solid start as well. As Takumi Akiyama was able to go six innings, gives up three runs. And for the Occult Swallows, the ageless wonder, 40-year-old Masanori Ishikawa, well, it didn't go as planned for him as he winds up giving up a grand total of four runs over the course of five innings. Bullpen from there, they give up another two runs. And if you're looking for something that is a little bit promising for this team, they were able to get a home run in this one as the Occult Swallows have been one of the better teams in the MPB of being able to get some... Power as it was Akihisha Nishida who was able to get his second home run of the campaign, and then four out of the five games in the MPB wound up going over. The lone game that went under was Chibolote versus the Ham Fighters, and this one required a little bit of sweat. But in the bottom of the ninth inning, the Chunichi Dragons were able to get a run up on the board as the Yakahoma Dana Bay Stars said, hey, "A babe, babe, to the over and the win. Five to three of the final in this one for the Dana Bay Stars. They certainly were able to get a very good start in this one as Chunichi. Onyuki winds up going eight innings of one-run baseball. And then from there for the Chunichi Dragons, an unlikely hero comes up with his first home run of the campaign to be able to cash at over in Ariel Martinez. So that was very nice and for Chunichi. It does have to be noted that Deion Viciotto currently has... 7 out of the team's 12 home runs so far this year. So needless to say, there is not a balance of power with regards to that lineup, but with regards to the Dana Bay they did a great job of being able to get out in base. They had a grand total of 10 hits in this one, and they were playing without Tyler Austin. It looks like he's a little bit banged up for this team, but they were still certainly able to get the job done in this one, and that despite the fact that they did not have any home runs, and for Junichi, one of their better pitchers just was not able to give a good start in this one as Takumi Yamimoto. He winds up giving up 3 runs over the course of 3 and 2 thirds innings. He was It was not long for this game, considering he gave up six hits and three walks in that time span. He's lucky it wasn't more than three earned runs, so certainly wasn't the best of results there. So that's what we all saw in the MPB and the KBO on Tuesday morning. Now let's turn our attention to baseball in the States. Carlos Collazo. He does a great job with Baseball America. He mostly focuses on looking at these prospects. We're going to be talking about a couple teams that might have a shot at being able to contend for a playoff spot, and some of these teams might use some younger guys, and he's going to take note of some of the guys that you should be Probably keeping an eye on for the upcoming season that you may not know about as well. So, hey, chat with Carlos is on the other side right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Craig Peterson.
2: Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline.
0: And we are back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Craig Peterson. It is great to have on our next guest as we go out to the great state of North Carolina. And that's where we find Carlos Collazo. He does a great job as a writer for Baseball America. He does a great job of covering the MLB draft. He does a nice job of being able to look at a lot of these younger guys and so much more. And you can follow him on Twitter at Carlos A. Colazzo, and I will spell out that last name for you, C-O-L-L-A-Z-O, as it is, Carlos, joining me on the podcast. And great to have you aboard, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I
1: really appreciate it.
0: It is great to have you on. And as we know, a few weeks ago, we had the MLB draft. I do think that it is so fascinating with what is all going on with this year. You've got, like, these taxi squads, these player pools and everything like that. Do you think that some of these guys that wound up being prospects for the upcoming 2020 year and wound up getting drafted might actually legitimately be able to see the field this season?
1: Yeah, it's been kind of weird to see all of these guys immediately kind of thrown into the 60 man player pools for the big league club. I'm kind of very curious to see how they use these guys. Cause generally I would just say, no, I mean in any normal year, it's kind of crazy to think of a first year draftee going from college ball or high school ball. Straight to the major leagues. And while this is a very weird year, I would tend to still think that teams wouldn't really want to start the clock for a lot of these guys. I mean, if you're a rebuilding team and you have more open at-bats or open innings for players because your team is not very competitive, I think that would be all the more reason why you wouldn't want to start that player's clock yet. Maybe you want to start the player's clock once you kind of build up that core of players and you're ready to compete and then... For teams who are on the other side of that competitive window, I just can't imagine that. Like for the Dodgers, like what kind of spots are going to be open and available for a guy that they just drafted that weren't starting the clock? I just think we've seen so many teams prioritize kind of the longevity of control they have over these players that I think I would be surprised. But if it was ever going to happen, I suppose it would be in this year where things are crazy all around.
0: It certainly is a wild and insane year. No ifs ands or buts about that. And with some of these teams that might be looking at being able to contend for these playoff spots, do you think that they're in a little bit of a better position than some of these tanking teams like the Baltimore Orioles, Detroit Tigers, what have you, to perhaps start the clock on some of these guys? Because as we know, this is going to be just a season unlike any other. I have to think that maybe bringing up one of these younger guys could be the difference between making and missing the playoffs, given that it's going to be a 60-game sprint. And I do have to think that, like you said, a lot of these teams like the Tigers and the Orioles. They're building for much beyond 2020. Meanwhile, a team like maybe the Tampa Bay Rays and the Milwaukee Brewers, they might need that extra piece to be able to make that postseason push.
1: Yeah. I could see both. I could see arguments for both sides. I could definitely see teams who are ready to win now and kind of have everything that they need. Maybe you need just a reliever. Maybe you need a spot starter. And one of your recent draftees kind of fits that bill and can give you a few innings or a few ABs that make the difference at the same time. I think with a shortened season, the advantage that these really good teams have on the bottom tier teams is lessened. I think there's a much greater chance for things to just get a little bit wonky for a few weeks. And all of a sudden, a team who really doesn't look like a competitive team on paper, just the variance and small sample sizes that you see in baseball, I feel like that could really flip your window very quickly. So in that situation, if you're a team who you really don't see a great opportunity to compete in the next few years, all of a sudden you start really hot and you're one of the better teams in baseball for a few weeks. I could definitely see the argument that why not go all in now? It's definitely going to be a huge asterisk on the team. Whoever has the best record in baseball and whoever wins the World Series this year, but at the end of the day, the season's completed. It's still a World Series, and and that's what you're playing for. So I could see the argument going both ways. I know some people smarter than me that focus more heavily on the Major League game have definitely said that this year, like, bottom-tier teams should be more aggressive because of that. I'm very interested to see the strategies that teams employ in regards to their prospects. Because like I was mentioning before, I just think being super aggressive early on just goes so much in the face of what we've seen from all of these front offices in the last few years. So it will be fascinating. I don't know that I have the perfect answer for that.
0: It certainly is something like we've never seen before. So no shame in that as we do have Carlos Collazo joining me right here on the podcast. And something else I find very intriguing is that you guys over there at Baseball America are doing your best at being able to look at these summer camps, how things are going with these teams. Is there anything that you guys are particularly looking for in these scrimmages in these practices that might lend itself to a team being maybe a little bit more ahead slash behind in the curve because we've seen quite a few of these teams. They've had guys test positive for COVID-19. We've seen these teams do, obviously, their scrimmages and everything like that. And I think it's just such a hard gauge of knowing where everyone is at at this point just because unlike in a normal spring training, well, we technically had spring training games in March. But with that said, as of right now, we really haven't seen too many of these teams decide to scrimmage a team that's not really their own.
1: Yeah, I think from our perspective with our summer camp roundups, we're mostly focusing on it from a prospect perspective rather than kind of a competitive major league team perspective. Normally at this time of year, we'd have a ton of new information on all these players. We'd be looking to see if they have changed their tools, if they've improved their pitches, if they've advanced as hitters. So I think from our perspective, we've really just been starved from any real prospect content Specifically with the guys at the minor league level, because with college and high school, we at least had the draft pretty recently, and there's still some high school names for stuff going on this summer. But with mo- no minor league season, I think we really just want to make sure that our readers and people who care about the prospect coverage of the game, the stuff that we really focus on, are just staying up to date with some of these guys. I know there was an injury today, don't know the extent of it, but for Braves outfitter Christian Pache, he's one of the best prospects In the game right now so just kind of keeping tabs on those guys if you're a reader who hasn't really been following baseball because it really hasn't been going on lately although for baseball america readers normally that's not the case they're pretty tuned in i think it's just to try and get collect as much information as we can and make sure we're keeping tabs on these guys because like i said normally we'd have a lot more information than we do and just the fact that no one has been playing we obviously want to highlight the games and and the at-bats and the players who are actually taking the field in whatever capacity that is
0: No doubt. I am right there with you. It's just so hard to get a gauge for the upcoming season because it is one of these situations in which you have your tried and true veterans, but then you've got a lot of these younger guys and the jury's still out on them. But we do know that there were a couple guys that really emerged in their call-up in September of last year. One of those guys is Kyle Lewis. I know that you've tweeted about this guy quite a bit. I think that he's going to have a superb year for the Mariners. And then a team that really brought up a lot of guys midseason as well as the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm very intrigued by them. I think that Jacob Wag is back. Could have a nice year. Obviously, Hunjin Ryu comes in there. So they're going to have a bolster front line. And they do have some experience with the opener with Wilmer Font being able to do a solid job in that role towards the end of the year as well. These are two teams I think are going to be very intriguing. Obviously, the Mariners are probably not going to be contending for a playoff spot because in the... AL West, you've got so many teams like the Texas Rangers, the Angels, the Oakland A's, and then your obvious one of the Houston Astros, but with that said, when you take a look at the Toronto Blue Jays, I think that they actually could be better than the Boston Red Sox. They're not going to be winning the, vi- the division, but I think that they could legitimately try to make a push for one of those wild card spots.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I really like what they're doing in the minor leagues. I think from my perspective, just kind of taking it back to the draft standpoint, which is what I really focus on, I thought Their fifth overall pick in the draft this past year was really the best value in the entire draft. I mean, getting a guy like Austin Martin and adding a talent like that to the really impressive infield talent that they've developed over the past few years, they have a ton of really exciting bats that are maybe, in Austin Martin's case, not going to move super quickly. But he's one of the more polished players in the 2020 class. So depending on how things pan out for them in the infield with guys like Bob Shedd and Vladdy Jr. Jordan Groshans is another player that I'm really high on personally. I mean, all of these guys have really impressive talent as hitters, and they all have, well, outside of Vladdy, they all have some defensive value up the middle in some capacity as well. So I really like their collection of bats. And if you were to tell me that they were a team that's kind of on the brink or maybe your surprise pick to click, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the Chicago White Sox are a team that, here at Baseball America, we've been pushing for in the last few years as a team that's really ready to kind of get over that pump and really start competing. I think the Blue Jays are a team that I really do like. And then with the Mariners, like you were mentioning, I mean, they have maybe one of the best outfit combinations in baseball and Jared Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez. I mean, I feel like every time we see Jared Kelnick do anything on the baseball field, he's just destroying a baseball. His swing is so pure and he's got so much strength. And even going back to his high school days, he's such an advanced bat. I shouldn't be as surprised as, I guess, I think looking back, he would be a guy that I definitely would have wanted to rank a little bit higher than we did. I think we had him just outside of the top 10. He's clearly played above that, but kind of knowing Kalenick's mindset, his mentality, and his work ethic, I really shouldn't be surprised, but I'm very excited to see what he's able to do with the bat at the next level. Pretty close to being ready, although he's a younger guy.
0: He certainly is, and I think it's going to be very intriguing if he does get If he does get those at bats this season, as we do have Carlos Colazzo joining me right here on the podcast. And with regards to the upcoming season, is there anyone else that's maybe off the radar? Maybe they were September call up or a guy that just saw sparing slash no playing time in 2019 that you really think could have some, could have a big impact on this upcoming season for a playoff contender. Because I do think that one guy that really is worth watching and obviously. The secret is out on him a little bit is Kesson Hero of the Milwaukee Brewers. Absolutely love what he did during the 2019 season. I don't know why they sent him down to the minors for a little bit of a stint during the summer, but he was hitting above 300. He's got some good power, a little bit of a liability out there in the field, but I think that he could be huge for a Milwaukee Brewers team that I think has a legit shot to be able to win the NL Central.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good one. I mean, Hero was one of the better hitters in the class that he came out of in 2017. and I mean, a guy who goes that high in the draft without even being able to throw at the time, you know the bat has to be pretty special for that to happen. And he did perform pretty well, like you said. I think another guy that I'd point to is another infielder. He's still prospect eligible, but, I mean, he's going to be playing. That's part of keeping with the Nationals. He's a guy that, that I covered personally after doing the Nationals handbook for our prospect handbook that comes out every year for the past few years. But I just think that he's a guy who's going to be able to plug into third base right away. Obviously, they're not going to have Anthony Rendon in the future. I don't know if he's going to be that sort of hitter. I mean, Rendon is like a, a perennial MVP kind of talent. He's always up there and he's always one of the best players in baseball these last few seasons. But I think keep has a guy who he can play third base, he can play second base, he can play shortstop in a pinch. Although for that team, it's not really a need considering that they have in the position. But I just think he's a really good hitter. He's got good power. And I feel like in a normal year, this would probably be the season where he kind of establishes himself as an everyday regular. We'll see what happens this year with the more limited sample size and shorter season. But that would be a guy that I'm excited to kind of watch for a team that's been competitive. And obviously coming off their World Series championship, they definitely are going to want to back that up with something strong. And I think he's going to be an important factor in that.
0: No doubt. And speaking of something strong, that's the work that you put out, Carlos. You do an absolutely great job with Baseball America. We'd like to close it up with this. Let the good people at home know where they're able to follow you on social media and just what you're working on in general, since I'm sure that with the baseball season ramping up in about a week and a half or so, you are very busy. And I see that you guys at Baseball America have been doing a great job of just pumping out a little bit of content with regards to a little bit of everything from just taking a look at the MLB draft that we saw a few weeks ago, from looking at these guys and how they're doing at the summer camps.
1: Yeah, I appreciate the kind of words. I mean, we, we definitely try and cover the game at every level at Baseball America. That's something that we definitely pride ourselves on. So we appreciate you following and reading and just the compliments to the site. For me personally, you can follow me on Twitter at Carlos A. Colazzo, like you mentioned. All of my work will be found at BaseballAmerica.com. And for my responsibilities, I'm focusing on the 2021 draft now. So there are some things getting started this summer. A lot of the top high school players are out and about playing at tournaments and showcases. So just trying to get a better feel for that class right now, talking with scouts, watching a lot of these guys play. So for you guys who maybe aren't as tuned into the 2021 draft class, I would start paying attention to Vanderbilt. They have the two top ranked college players in the 2021 class, Russ and Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter. Those will be names that you definitely need to keep an eye on. And then on the high school side, Brady House is the guy we currently have as the top 2021 draft player. So keep those names in mind as we move towards next year. I really want to get a head start on these prospects because those will be a few of them they were kind
0: of in this next way. Amen on keeping up on Vanderbilt. I actually used to work for the official flagship station of Vanderbilt Athletics back when I lived out in Nashville, Tennessee. I can tell you right now, that baseball team, absolute powerhouse. The SEC in general is terrific, but Vanderbilt, man, they have produced so many great pros over the years. And speaking of producing something great, Carlos does that for Baseball America. So, big thanks ever for joining me right here on the Baseball Bending Podcast. Now it is that time, the podcast coming up next, they give you a science journal on every game in the MPB and KBO for Wednesday morning and something I like to call, touch them all.
2: Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start and now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion.
0: And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson, big thanks to Carlos Galazzo, does a great job with Baseball America for joining me in the last segment. Now it is the time of the podcast, I give you a side in total on every game on both the MPB and KBO betting boards for Wednesday morning and a little something you like to call touch them all.
2: If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all.
0: We give you the normal disclaimer that with these foreign baseball leagues you're typically betting on the team and the team only unless if you're going to pinnacle, you're really stuck with whoever winds up pitching so say that for the Yokohama Dana Bay Stars, you think it's going to be Yorohiro Yamaguchi who's going to be pitching and instead it is Christy Yamaguchi that winds up pitching well congratulations, you are stuck with our good buddy Christy, so There is that. As per usual, we're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order with the MPB game starting at 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern, and the KBO game starting at 2.30 a.m. Pacific, 5.30 a.m. Eastern. We're going to go MPB first, and then we're going to be going to the KBO. This begins with... 304113304114. You've got the Yakahoma Dana Bay Stars set the road face off against the Dragons of Junichi. With the Dragons, you're going to be getting them anywhere between plus 150 and plus 155. Meanwhile, with the Bay Stars, anywhere between minus 170 and minus 175. Total on this game is seven and a half. If you're looking at the over of seven and a half, anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. Under anywhere between even a minus 110. It is our man, Mr. Arihiro Hamaguchi, who's going to be going for the Bay Stars. Meanwhile, Takahiro. Matsuba is going to be going for the Dragons, and for the Dragons, this is a team with just an absolutely awful bullpen. I mean, you just take a look at this team; they have given up, with regards to their bullpen, right in the neighborhood of about like 20 runs over their last five games. Now, a lot of those was because they were the victims of giving up over 10 runs in that one game against the Hiroshima Carp. They lost that game by kind of 19 to 3, and they just got completely crushed. But you take a look at this base runners team; they do a great job of being able to get on base as a collective. They're hitting in the neighborhood of About a 285 on base is above a 350. They are without Tyler Austin in this game, so you do want to take note of this. This is the former New York Yankee who has been able to give the team an on base percentage right around a 400. But you've got Takayuki Katajini, who's been just absolutely terrific for this team. He has been able to get on base at a 444 clip. And then you've also got Toshiro Miyazaki, who has been able to give the team five home runs, 17 RBI, 372 batting average. And then Kita Sano. Don't you know he's hitting a 351? So, by and large, you've got a lot of guys, including Natali Soto, that's able to chip in for this team. And then Hamaguchi has been terrific so far this year. Three starts, 19 innings. He's given up only one home run. Now, the 13 walks are a little bit of an issue. This guy is 25 years old, so he's coming into his own. Last year, he had a 65 record, 317 ERA. Walks have always been a little bit of an issue with him. 4.2 walks per 9 innings during the 2018 season. In 2018, 4.5. And, and this year, it's at 6.2. And he is a guy that you guys think is going to be able to see a tick up with his strikeouts as well. Throughout his MPB career, more on 9.2 strikeouts per 9 innings. So far this year, just 4.3. And he's going up against a Junichi team that, I will say this, they do a solid job of being able to put bat to ball. Now, they don't necessarily draw a lot of walks, and that's putting it very politely. And Deion Viciedo is really the guy that's generating all the offense for this team right now. They've got a grand total of 13 home runs so far this year, and he's got 7 of them, so... I needless to say, that is something that is interesting, but Ariel Martinez was able to give the team a home run yesterday. That's big. He's a form-worn player that is starting to give this team a little bit of something, so that should be able to help them out because Zoilo Almonte has been on the fold for a few weeks for this team, but you just take a look at this Dragons bullpen. It's not very good with the Bay Stars. They, at the very least, have some redeeming qualities with that bullpen. It's Right around like a 3-5 ERA with the Bay Stars bullpen. Meanwhile, you take a look at Chunichi as a collective. They've got an ERA that is hovering right around 5. So that is something that you just don't have a lot of confidence in. And then when you take a look at the man that's going to be going in this one... It is a sight unseen situation as Matsunobo has actually been pitching in the MPB minor leagues for the 2020 season so far. He made two starts in the Western League, which is the MPB minor league system. In two starts, 554 ERA, and he has been giving up right around 9.7 hits and 4.8 strikeouts per nine innings throughout his MPB career. He gets five and a half punch outs for nine innings. His command is not necessarily great. Three and a half walks per nine innings. And then during the 2019 season, he spent a lot of time with a variety of different places in the Central League with the Chunichi Dragons, with the Oryx Buffaloes in the Pacific League, and then the minor leagues for both of these teams as well. But if you take a look at the MPB major league numbers for him between his time with the Buffaloes and the Chunichi Dragons during the 2019 campaign, ERA was hovering right around a six. He wound up making six total appearances. He wound up going 25 innings. Things just did not go as planned. He got shelled. He was given up right around 11 hits per nine innings. I just don't think that this is going to end well for him. With the Bay Stars, this is a team that they certainly did use up a couple bullpen arms on Tuesday morning, and they don't have Tyler Austin in the fold, but I think that they're just going to light this team up. The Chunichi Dragons are terrible in the bullpen. I think that as a result, you're going to see a higher scoring game. I think that the Bay Stars wind up taking care of business. So for that reason, we are going to be going with the Yokohama Dana Bay Stars, and we are going to be going with this total over as well. 304-115, 304-116. You've got the Oryx Buffaloes, and they are going to be playing those to the Fukuoka soft Hawks. If you're looking at the South Hawks, you're across the board going to be getting minus 170 Meanwhile, the Buffaloes, you're going to be getting plus 150. Your total on this game is 8.5. The over is just anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. Your starting pitching matchup for this one, going for the South Pancocks, it is going to be Tsuyoshi Wada. Meanwhile, it is going to be Yu Suzuki, who's going to be going for the Oryx Buffaloes. And if you remember Wada, this is someone that actually was pitching for the Chicago Cubs back in the day. I think that he was right around the time that Kosuke Fukudome. Was playing for the Chicago Cubs. Might have been a little bit after, but this is certainly a guy that has been around for quite a while. He is 39 years old command is starting to linger a little bit for him, to say the least. This is someone that he's not necessarily going to be getting a bunch of swings and misses. I will say, three starts so far this year, 16 and a third innings, 496 ERA. He's been issuing 3.9 walks per nine innings, still 7.2 punch-outs per nine. I do think that this is something that is going to wane as the season winds up going, as with Mr. Wada during the 2019 campaign. You take a look at what he did out there in the Pacific League, 4-4 record, 390 ERA over the course of 12 starts. He only won 57 and two-thirds innings, so this is more of a 5-6 to inning guy on his best of days. He certainly is giving up more hard contact as well. Last year, he gave up 1.7 home runs per 9 innings. His command used to be more around like 2.5 walks per 9 innings. It has been a little bit elevated so far this year, so there's not a lot to really like with that regard, but then you take a look at the Oryx-Buffalos. This is a team that has won the worst bullpens out there in the MPB. They wound up getting just absolutely shelled. They were unable to get a lot of length in their game Tuesday morning. And now they have to trot out their Mr. Suzuki, who... Let's face it. It's not necessarily going well for our 23-year-old friend. During the 2019 season, he was just a little bit all over the place. He actually spent some time in the Puerto Rico Winter League. He went for the Buffaloes with regards to mostly their minor league system. In the minor league system, he wound up going 6-3 over the course of 22 starts, but you take a look at when they sent him up to the Pacific League back in 2016. He wound up making one appearance. He got shelled in that one. This is just a guy that he's not used to the 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 level of bats that he's going to be seeing from the Fukuoka Soft Bang Hawks, a team that has won 5 out of the last 6 titles. And you've got a team that in the Soft Hawks have a couple of very trustworthy bats. You've got Wilmer Ballantine. He's been able to give the team 5 home runs so far this year. It certainly has been a little bit of a slog for him to start out the year, but you certainly think that he's going to be able to get online with the Soft Hawks. This is a team that has been scuffling a little bit with regards to their bullpen, but they were able to save quite a bit of it because they were able to get a very nice start in the team's win Tuesday morning. So that's something that you have to like. And you have to like the fact that this is a team that they're surging with regards to their batting average. It's now right around 8.245 and what else is huge for this team is the fact that you all of a sudden are getting some very good production with regards to Yuki Yaganita. 8 home runs, 16 RBI. He's hitting with regards to a batting average right around a 333, 452 on base. I think that this is going to be another very high-scoring game. The Soft Bangkok's have won 5 out of the last 6 titles in this league. And the Oryx-Buffalo's, they certainly do have Adam Jones. Adeline Rodriguez has been able to give this team a lot of pop as well. But as a collective, Buffalo's hitting right around a 235 as a team. You really don't have a whole bunch of pop with regards to this lineup as well. I do think that they're going to be able to draw a couple runs in this game especially with Wada being a little bit of a pinata when it comes to giving up home runs. But with that said, absolutely no faith whatsoever here with the Buffaloes pitching. So for that reason, we are going to be going with this total over and we are going to be going with the Soft Hawks to be able to take this one. We move on to game number 304-117, 304-118. The Tokyo Yakult Swallows are hitting the road to face off against the Hanchin Tigers. And if you're looking at the Tigers, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 135, and minus 140 with the Swallows of Tokyo Yakult anywhere between plus 117 and plus 117. 120, your total on this game is 8. If you're looking at the it it's anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. Your starting pitching matchup for this one, going for the Occult Swallows, Gabriel Yanoa, and it is going to be Onyelki Garcia who's going to be going in this one. You've got two foreign-born pitchers that absolutely stink. Gabriel Yanoa, you know what? This guy was terrible with the Baltimore Orioles during the 2019 season. 1-10 record. He has been terrible out here in the MPB. He's made three starts. A 10 ERA. He's given up a bunch of home runs. He's giving up more than 10 hits per 9 innings. He's not getting strikeouts. But then you take a look at Garcia. Someone who wound up having a cup of coffee for the against City Royals. He is saying, hold my coffee because, well, he hasn't necessarily been a whole lot better for this team as well. You take a look at this guy. He's very well traveled. He was never necessarily great when it comes to the minor leagues. He has come over here to the MPB. He He's got an ERA that is barely below 5 right now. So, I mean, it's a little bit better, but it's not a whole heck of a lot. You take a look at Garcia and what he's backed up by as well. He's got a bullpen that is backing him up that has a bullpen ERA that is north of 5. So that certainly is not a good situation. And with Garcia, this is certainly a gentleman that was far from great in the Central League during the 2019 season. 6-8 record. He wound up having a 4.69 ERA. And was not helped out at all. Five point seven three runs against. He was able to give the team right around five innings for a start, but he gave up ten point seven hits for nine innings. Very much a pitch to contact guy. And all of a sudden, both these teams are doing a little bit of a better job of getting on base. You take a look at the hanchin Tigers. They were able to do a good job getting a double digit amount of hits for the team Tuesday morning. You've got Kosuke Fukudome back at the fold. This is a guy that's only inning a buck twenty five, but you got to think that he's going to be able to pick it up at some point. But Justin Bohr has been able to give the team three home runs over the last week or so. So that's something that. That's helping them out. Jeffrey Marte hitting right around a three hundred. Jerry Sands has been not very good. But by and large, you've got a couple guys that are starting to come live for this team, including Kento Itohara. I think that's interesting that this guy has been able to do a solid job with right around a two fifty batting average. He's more of a guy towards the top of the fold that does a nice job of being able to give them a little bit of shiftiness. So that is something that is nice. But then you take a look at the occult swallows. You've actually got a pretty good lineup here. Norishka, don't call me Steve Aoki, the former Milwaukee Brewer. He's actually won deep like three times over the last seven days himself. He's hitting in the neighborhood of a 300. On bases, hovering right around 400. Alcides Escobar only hitting right around at 225 for the team. But you got to think that at some point, he's going to be able to pick it up. But you've got a couple guys who are doing a great job setting the table as well. Mutitaka. Murakami has been able to hit right in the neighborhood of a 350. Hanbase is right around a 450, so that has been very promising for this bunch. And then you've got someone in a Kotero Yamasaki who all of a sudden has been able to do a good job of being a reach base as well. Not necessarily much of a power guy, but this is a team that has a collective. Has 19 home runs with Naomichi, Neoshira, being able to give the team five bombs as well, and then with, you know, at the very least, he's backed up by a little bit of a better bullpen. Scott McGough has been absolutely terrible with a 788 ERA, but I think that he's going to be able to find himself. You take a look throughout the career of Mr. McGough, someone that has spent some time, ironically enough, with the Baltimore Orioles. I don't know why all former Baltimore Orioles wind up in either the MPB or the KBO, but with that said, he had more of a 315 ERA for the team during the 2019 campaign. I think that he's going to be able to find a little bit of something, be a little bit more of a trustworthy guy, but by and large, I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game. I think that Garcia and you know are both going to be getting shelled in this one, but I do think that the better lineup in this one, especially when it comes to being able to get on base, that belongs to the Swallows of the occult. With the Anshin Tigers, they've done a better job of being able to get some power in the lineup, but with that said, they sometimes can be a little bit famine with regards to being able to get on base as well, so for that reason, we are going to be going with the Swallows of Tokyo Occult, and we are going to be going with the total over as well. We move on to game number 304-119-304-120. You've got yourself the Yamiyori Giants, and they are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Hiroshima Carp. If you're taking a look at the Carp, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Giants, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115, with your total on this game at 7.5. Over juice of 115, the under is minus 105. Starting pitching matchup for this one, going for the Giants, it is going to be Soche Togo, and it is going to be Chris Johnson, who goes for... The carp of Hiroshima, and with the Hiroshima carp, bullpen has not necessarily been great, but I do think that Chris Johnson is going to be able to give this team a very nice performance. We've already seen the carp and what they're able to do with cards that are best. A couple days ago, they wound up putting 19 runs up on the board against the Chinichi Dragons, but with that said, this is a bullpen that is improving a little bit. Geronimo Franzua has been a little bit hit or miss, but he should be available for this one, but Chris Johnson, despite the 0-2 record, he's had three starts so far this year, won a grand total of 17 innings. He has only given up one home run and six walks, so he's been able to keep the game out in front of him, and if you take a look at Chris Johnson, throughout his MPB career, this is someone that I think that you're able to rely upon a little bit more than even most foreign-born pitchers. He went 11-8 during the 2019 season, 259 ERA, was able to give the team right around 6-6.5 innings per start and only gave up .7 home runs per 9 innings as well. He wound up having 3.3 walks per 9 during the 2019 season, a little bit high, but if you take a look at the season before, he was a little bit lower with that regard as well, so I do think that he's going to be able to give the team some very good length with which is going to be very good because Aaron Curry certainly did not get the job done for the team Tuesday morning. And then you take a look at the Yamiori Giants. This is a team that I think that they're going to be scuffling a little bit with the bat right now because you do have Hayato Sokomato, who's been struggling so far this year. He wound up being the guy that wound up contracting COVID 19. He's a former MVP out here in the MPB, but he's only at a 252 with three home runs. So that's certainly been a little bit of an issue. But Gerardo Parra hitting right around 300. Power has not necessarily been there, but he's been doing a nice job of being able to get on base. And then when you take a look at the Giants, the bullpen has been a little bit sketchy because Ruby De La Rosa is currently out of the fold for this team, but I do think that this is a good spot for Togo. He's just 20 years old, but he has won the aces out there in the MPB. He has been able to go 13 innings in his two starts so far this year, and he's only given up one home run so far this year, which has been big because if you take a look at his 2019 stats, he mostly pitched out there in the minor leagues. He saw two starts at the major league level. He was actually very good in those two starts, by the way, but in 13 starts he wound up giving the team 15-23 innings, so he certainly has been able to do a better job of stretching himself out so far this year, but he was able to get 9.8 strikeouts, 2 walks, and .7 home runs per 9 innings. I think that this is a star in the making. I think that Togo is going to be able to do a very good job of being able to keep a pretty solid lineup off guard with regards to Hiroshima Carp. You've got to love what CI Suzuki has been able to do for this team. He is hitting nearly a 375 on base, is just below 406 home runs. That certainly has been great, but then you do have some questions with some of the other guys. Shota. Dobayashi has been aiming above a 400, but he doesn't necessarily have a lot of pop in the bat. And then you got other guys like uh, Kosuke Tanaka, who's been able to give the team right around a 250 batting average. But he is a high strikeout guy. I think that Togo is going to be able to get the job done here for the Yamiori Giants. And I do think that both these starters are going to be able to go deep. I think that Chris Johnson is going to be able to hold down the fort. And I think that the Giants are scuffling a little bit with their bats, but I think that they're going to have just enough in this one to be able to get the job done. So for that reason, we are going to be going with the Yamaguri. Giants and we're going to be going with a rare under here as well. We move on to 304 121, 304 122. The Marines of Lote are going to be hitting the road and they are going to be facing off against the Ham Fighters of Nippon. If you're looking at the Ham Fighters of Nippon, you're going to be finding them as a slight favorite in this one. You're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. With Lote. you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 105 and seeing a plus 102 as well. With the total on this game, it is 7.5 over juice of minus 115 and the under is minus 105. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Fighters of Am, it is going to be Nick Martinez and Kazuha Ojima is going to be going for the Chivalote Marines. The few, the proud the Marines were able to get a nice home run off the bat of Leonis Martin in the morning. That, no question, is very good for this team because Martin, along with one of their other foreign-born players in Brandon Laird, had been scuffling a little bit. It seemed like they were in a two-week stretch in which they were unable to really put bat to ball. Both those guys were hitting below a 250 going into Tuesday morning, so that, no doubt, is going to be able to give them a little bit of confidence, but when you take a look at the Ham Fighters, this is a team that they just have not been able to get on base all year long. Worst batting average out there in the MPB. As a collective, this is a bunch that they've got a team batting average that's hovering right around at 212. I mean, that is absolutely terrible. You just take a look at all the teams out there in the Pacific League of the MPB. The next lowest team is the team that they're facing in the Chiba Lote Marines. They're at a 234. And it's not even just the batting average as well. On base of a 295 for the Ham Fighters. That is also the worst out there in the league. And then you combine that with the fact that the Ham Fighters well, they're not necessarily doing a great job of pitching. They're giving up 4.9 runs per game. That's tied with the Sabu Lions for the most out there in this division. So, I mean, you've just got a comedy of issues that's going on for the Ham fighters. Their bullpen is not very good. And with Nick Martinez, it's one of these jury sort of out situations. He's got a 1-2 record, 371 ERA, 17 total innings. He's given up three bombs. He has given the team 17 strikeouts. So, he's been able to do a solid job as a swing and miss guy, but that's not really his MO. You take a look at what he did during the 2018 season. His 2018 season was just completely wrecked. He just did not see the field at all, so you have to go back to 2018 with him. He wound up getting 5.2 strikeouts per 9 innings, 9.4 hits per 9. He's always been a good guy with regards of command. He had 2.2 walks per 9 innings, but he certainly is going to give up his base runners, and when you take a look at Chibolote, this is a team that they do a very solid job of just being able to string these hits together, and with Chibolote, I've got to say that the bullpen is not necessarily great, but they do have some guys that are able to hold down the fort. Jay Jackson is going to be available in this game after Frank Herman was used Tuesday morning. They didn't have to really go into the bullpen too far, so that is something that is going to be able to help out this team. And when you take a look at Ojima, he certainly has not been good. 660 ERA. He's made three starts. A grand total of 15 innings. He has given up four bombs, but this is someone that I think is going to be able to ascend a little bit. He's a 23 year old during his 2019 campaign out there in the Pacific League because he really split time between the minors and the majors of the MPB. He had a 531 ERA, which is not necessarily terrible. He was able to give the team right Right around 55 innings through 10 starts, so he's got some decent length. He only gave up .8 home runs for 9 innings, so this is a guy that's going to be able to keep the game out in front of him. I think that Lote is starting to bust out. They've got some bats that were underachieving a little bit at the beginning of the year. I think that this is going to be a nice performance for them. I think that this is a spot in which the ham fighters just do not get much of anything out of Nick Martinez, a guy that pretty much missed the entire 2019 season. So for that reason, we're going to be going Lote and we're going to be going with this total over, and this is the last game on the MPB betting board before we go to the KBO benning board. Three 304-123, 304-124. The Rakuten Golden Eagles are going to be playing us to the Cebu Lions. If you're taking a look at the Cebu Lions, you're going to be getting a plus price here. Anywhere between plus 120 and plus 122. Meanwhile, with Rakuten, you're going to be finding them at minus 140 across board. Total on this game is 9.5 with the 9.5 over juice anywhere between even at minus 105. The under is anywhere between minus 120 and minus 115. And we're seeing a 9 out there as well now. With the 9 you're going to be finding that over at minus 115 and the under is minus 105. For Rakuten, they're going to be bringing out their Hideki Waku for their starter. And meanwhile, it is going to be Tasuya Suya who's going to be going for the Cebu Lions. I just went through it a second ago, the fact that the Cebu Lions certainly have not necessarily been doing the best job with regards to their pitching. And with Cebu, what's really interesting is that their foreign-born bat and Corey Spangenberg, yes, that is a blast from the past name right there, but he certainly has not necessarily been the impact player that we expected him to be. He's hitting right around to two fifty with three home runs. You just expect a little bit more out of him. I do think that he is going to be able to bust out eventually. The question is when. And for Cebu, this is a team that they have a good on-base percentage. Right around a three forty on on-base. They're only hitting a two forty four, And because the game between these two was rained out Tuesday morning, the bullpens are certainly going to be fresh. So you don't necessarily have a pair of necessarily trustworthy starters. But what I do like for Cebu as well is the fact that Tomoya Mori along with Takumi... Kuriyama have been able to do a good job of being able to drive in runs between the two of them, 27 RBI. Kuriyama has been hitting a 317 on base of a 434. you got to like that. Neither of these guys necessarily have a ton of power, but that's where Hotaka Yamakawa comes in. He's got six bombs so far this year. And then when you take a look at what you're going to be able to get out of M.A., and it's okay. He's went three starts so far this year, a five ERA. He's been giving them length, 18 innings in those three starts. He certainly has been giving up the walks as well. He's given up 12 walks so far this year, so needless to say, the command is not necessarily there. He's a young 22-year-old. You take a look at what he did in the Pacific League during the 2019 season, 7-9 record, 432 ERA. Once again, command was an issue, 4.8 walks per nine innings, but this is certainly someone that does a good job of keeping the ball in the yard, only gave up one home run per nine innings, so that's a little bit of a redeeming quality. And then when you take a look at what you're going to be able to get out of the Golden Eagles. This is a team with actually the best bullpen ERA out there in the MPB, but it's really hard to have any sort of confidence in Waku. This is someone that, so far this year, he has made a grand total of three starts. He's amazingly 3-0 and with a 529 ERA. You're not going to find that too much in the MPB. Now, he has been able to eat some innings, 17 total innings, but he has also been giving up the hits quite a bit as well. He's given up right around 10 hits per nine innings, 1.6 home runs per nine. He's been able to limit the walks. So you give him credit there. He's only given up right around three walks in those 20 innings. He's actually someone that was pitching for Chiba Lotator in the 2000. 2019 campaign, and he wasn't necessarily good with Lote in the Pacific Lake. 3-7 and record, 4.50 RA, 18 starts. He was able to give the team 104 innings, but he wound up giving up right around 1.2 home runs per 9 and 10 and half hits per 9. He is certainly a pitch of contact guy. I think that this is a Cebu team that they're going to be able to take out their frustrations on him. I think that this is a bullpen for Raccoon that is doing for a little bit of regression as well. JT Chargois wound up having a little bit of a rough outing the last time he went out there, and I think that Cebu is going to be able to get the win in this spot because there's Starting pitching is a little bit better. I do think that it's going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. I just don't think that nine is really warranted here, and I'm seeing the nine and halves out there as well. So certainly get the nine and a half if you're able to, just because these MPB games. We see it. They're just so wonky with regards to getting like seven runs in the first four innings and then zero the rest of the game. So I'm going to be taking this total little under, and then I am also going to be going with the Sabu Lions. And now we go to the KBO betting board. As per usual, we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order with these as well. And with the KBO, these games all start at 2.30 a.m. Pacific, 5.30 a.m. Eastern. And the KBO betting board starts with 304-621, 304-622. You've got the Anwa Eagles, and they're going to be facing off on the road against our good buddies, the KT Wiz, better known as the Smiling Blobs. And guess what? The Hanwa Eagles are an underdog. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. If you're looking at the Anwa Eagles, Well, congratulations. Your plus price here with them is anywhere between plus one eighty and plus one eighty five. Meanwhile, with our good buddies of blobs, you're gonna be finding them anywhere between minus two ten and minus two twenty. Your total on this game is ranging a little bit, anywhere between ten and a half and eleven, with the ten and a half over juice anywhere between minus one fifteen and minus one twenty, under is anywhere between minus one oh five and even. If you're looking at the eleven over juice of minus one hundred five, and the under is minus one fifteen. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the blobs of smiling. Yes, instead of smiling blobs, we call them the blobs of smiling, and it is going to be Minsu Kim who's going to be going for them. Meanwhile, it's going to be Bumsu Kim who's going to be going for the Eagles. So we've got some Su Kims that are going to be going at it, and for Mr. Bumsu Kim of Anwa, his... Overall numbers have not necessarily been terrible. 395 ERA, only a 2-5 and five record to show for it. He's mostly been used as a reliever. This is someone that at the beginning of the year, he was coming out of the bullpen. He's made four starts for the team so far this year. You take a look at his four starts and results very mixed to say the least. He has went six innings in each out of his last three starts, but in his four starts, he's given up three runs, two runs, zero runs, and four runs. So a little bit of a mixed bag there. If you're taking a look at his overall numbers for the year, he's gotten 36 strikeouts to 29 walks over the course of four 41 innings. So he gets punch outs, but boy, oh boy, does he give up the walks. He's also given up six home runs so far this year. And with the smiling blobs, this is a team that I just have a feeling is going to put a massive hurtin' on them. Mel Rojas right now leads the KBO, with 21 home runs. He's tied for the KBO lead in RBI. Beko Kong, you've got to love the way that this guy is hitting. He's hitting above a 300. but now you're getting some help from the other guys as well. Kung Su Park wound up going deep again for the team Tuesday morning. This is a guy that's swinging a hot bat right now. He's hitting a little bit above a 300 he He's been able to give the team three home runs over their last seven games. And in that time span, he's been able to give them eight RBI. So he's really starting to give them a little bit of something. You've also got someone that I like in the outfield in Han Jun Yu. He's hitting a little bit above a 300 he He's been able to supply a little bit of power, six home runs, 26 RBI. So you've got a lot of that going on. And the big thing for our Blabio friends is that The bullpen has went from absolutely atrocious to, eh, pretty bad, but you know what? It'll get the job done. Pretty bad for the smiling blobs for the bullpen is absolutely amazing. And Minsu Kim has been one of the nicest surprises out there in the KBO when it comes to a starting pitching standpoint. Ever since he's been upgraded to a starting pitcher, his ERA went from hovering right around 10, and now for the entire campaign, it's a 573, but in starts, it's more around a 3.5. So you've got to like that. In his starts, he has really allowed more than three runs zero times so far this year. Now, he's given up approximately three runs in four out of his last six starts, but with that said, you sort of know what you're going to get out of him, and with the Hanwha Eagles, you really don't have a whole lot of batting average whatsoever. This is a team that they're towards the bottom of the KBO with regards to being able to get on base. You've got one guy on this team that has more than three home runs right now, so, I mean, my goodness gracious, you don't have a lot going on there. You have a couple guys that have some functional speed, so that is something that Hanwa really has going for them, and you do have to like the fact that all of a sudden, Jusaka has been able to take off and run with his opportunities. He's hitting a little bit above the 300, but you just need a little bit more power because Jin Hong Choi, his six home runs, is right now buoying the team with that regard. He's hitting a 286, so give him credit, but this is a spot in which I think the Blobs are just going to be able to completely dominate Anwa. Despite the fact that the Blobs' bullpen is terrible, I just don't think that Anwa is going to be able to get too many runs up on the board, and I'm going to be taking a look at the smiling Blobs on the run line. If you're looking at the Blobio run line, you're going to be finding it at a lot of places, anywhere between minus 125 and minus 130. You might be able to get lucky and get a minus 120, but we're going with the blobs, and we're going to be going with this total under. We move on to game number 304, 623, 304, 624. The Giants of Lote are going to be playing host to the LG Twins. You're going to be finding this right in the neighborhood of them. Pick them at a lot of spots with the Twins or anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. With Lote, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115, and your total on this game is 9. If you're looking at the over of 9, it's anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. Unders are anywhere between, even and minus minus 1. 105. And the starting pitchers for this one is gonna be Adrian Sampson going for lote. Meanwhile, it is gonna be Tyler Wilson going for LG. And with Adrian Sampson, this is a guy that I just have absolutely no faith in whatsoever. He's faced off against LG once so far this year. It did not wind up going as planned. He went five and a third innings. He gave up six runs. And you just take a look at this guy in general. He has given up at least three earned runs in all but one of his starts in which he went at least four innings. And you take a look at it. That's a grand total of seven starts. And he's given up at least three runs in six of them. He's just not what you expect out of your foreign born pitcher. He has been doing a little bit of a better job of not walking, guys. 13 total walks in 41 in a third inning, so that's a little bit promising, but he's just not getting strikeouts. He had to head back to the United States prior to the season because his father unfortunately passed, and I do think that there's a lot on his mind. Meanwhile, Tyler Wilson just is up in the ace that we've seen in the KBO from the last two years during the 2018 and 19 seasons he had more of a combined like 3 ERA so far it's a 4.48 i will say this he has been pretty consistent recently he has given up 3 runs or fewer in now 4 out of his last 6 starts so he's been doing a little bit of a better job but with that regard and he has been the victim of a couple unearned runs we remember that start against Samsung he wound up giving up in 6 innings 8 runs, but only 3 of which were earned, so he was a little bit victimized there, and he does a good job of not giving up a ton of walks. 2 walks or fewer in 3 out of his last 4 starts, so that is something that is pretty promising. He is not necessarily much of a put-away guy, either 45 punch-outs in 61 and a 3rd innings. And with the LG Twins, you gotta think that this is a team that's gonna be able to bust out a little bit. You've got a guy in Hunsu Kim that has been pretty hot for this team. He wasn't necessarily able to swing that hot bat on Tuesday, but this is someone that's got 4 home runs over the team's last 10 games, so he's been able to do a little bit of something. Now, Roberto Ramos has 2 home runs over the team last three weeks. Gotta think that he's gonna be able to pick that up a little bit, but I do also like the fact that g 10 oh, after a slow start to the year is hitting at 265 as well. You don't necessarily have a ton of power outside of Mr. Ramos and Huntsu Kim, but these guys have been able to get the job done. And then when you take a look at the other side for Lote, this is not a team that hits a lot of home runs in their home ballpark. Because they do have one of the deepest ballparks out there in the KBO. But you've got a bunch of guys that do a good job of being able to get on base. You have to like the fact that Asup Sun. Even though he's been missing in a couple of the team's past few games. Is hitting a 352. you You've got. Hoon Jung, who's been hitting above a 300 as well, and then you've got our man Dae Ho Lee. Dae Ho Lee has been hitting right around a 300-ish for the entire year, 312 right now, 10 home runs, 43 RBI. Jun Woo Jun also has 10 bombs, and then what else has been nice for this team? Dong Yi Han, he's been able to give the team seven home runs. He's a very nice power hitter for this team, and I do think that this is a spot in which both these foreign-born pitchers are going to get hit a little bit. The low bullpen is a little bit better than that of LG, but I do like the LG lineup a little bit more as well. I think that Tyler Wilson is going to be able to deliver a better start than Adrian Sampson so as a result we are going to be going with the LG Twins in this spot and we're going to be going with the total over as well we move on to 304-625 304-626 the heroes of Kiwoom are going to be playing most the NC Dinos this is something that you don't find very often not only are the NC Dinos an underdog they are a big underdog you're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 175 and plus 192 you do not need to check your speakers. That is correct. There is a spot here at Circa in which the NC Dinos are a plus 192 underdog. Meanwhile, with the heroes of Kiwum, going to be finding them anywhere between minus 210 and minus 220, and your total on this game is nine and a half. With the nine and a half, you've got juice of the over anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115, under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. You're starting pitching matchup for this one. Eric Jokic is going to be going for the Kiwum heroes. Meanwhile, Sung Young Choi is going to be going for the NC Dinos, and I think that Choi is getting a little bit underrated here. He's actually made one start against the Miros and it wasn't terrible. He wound up going three and a third innings. It was technically a relief appearance, but he certainly had to give some long relief in that one. He gave up one run. So by and large, he's been solid. He's been pushed into the starting rotation. And you take a look at him, he's given up between 3 and 4 runs in 4 out of his last 5 starts. So you sort of know what you're going to get here. It's nothing great, it's nothing terrible. In his 5 starts, he's also been able to provide right around 13 strikeouts to 14 walks and has given up 7 home runs. So the advanced numbers, certainly not great. I will give you that, but I will say this. With the NC Dinos not having a great bullpen, you got to think that Troy is going to need to deliver some distance. And he has had some... Success against the Ki-Wu Miros, and with the NC Dinos, Yuji Young and Sung Bum now both guys are hitting right around a 300 for the NC Dinos, are going to be out of the fold. But here's the good news for the NC Dinos you've got a backup catcher in Tae Goon Kim, who's hitting a little bit above a 300. So even if Yang, who may or may not be able to play in this one, doesn't go, you've still got some very good hitting at the catcher spot. He Dung Kwan, he's hitting a little bit above a 300. You've still got Aaron Altera as well. Ever since the middle of May, he's been swinging the hottest bat out there in the KBO 16 Rods 55 RBI. Minwoo Park is back to the fold. He's hitting a 310 for this bunch. Jin Hook No was able to give the team a home run Tuesday morning as well. And then for Kiwoom, you do have to like the fact that this is a team that's been able to fire on all cylinders despite not having a 4 born player. They're going to be getting Edison Russell very soon, but you've got Dunwoom Park who's hitting a 285. He's been able to go deep 10 times. Ha Sung Kim was able to give the team a home run Tuesday morning. He's got 14 on the campaign. You also were able to get a home run out of Jungwoo Lee who's got 10 bombs so far this year, but I do think that Choi actually matches. up up quite well with the Kiwo Miros because with the Euros, sometimes they do get to be a little bit all or nothing with Bianco Park because he loved the KBO on home runs during the 2019 campaign but swinging at 237 so far this year. The 16 home runs are nice but he certainly is a swing and miss guy. I think that Choi is going to be able to hold down the fort here. I think that Jokic, who has been absolutely amazing. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You take a look at what he's done. 8-2 record. 141 ERA. He has been an innings eater. He has won 12 starts so far this year. Grand total of 76 in a third innings but He's got 54 strikeouts this year as well. He's done a good job of being able to induce some soft contact, but I think the Dinos are going to be able to do just enough in this spot. I think that Choi is going to be able to hold down the Ford as well. I think that the NC Dinos won a little bit of a lower scoring game. So I'm going to go with the Dinos in this spot along with this total under as we move on to 304-627. 304-628, you've got your biggest spread out there on the KBO board with regards to the money line as the SK Wyverns are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Bears of Tucson. If you're looking at the Bears, well, you're going to be burying yourself with a lot of juice. Anywhere between minus 270 and minus 290. With the Wyverns, anywhere between plus 130 and plus 245. And your total on this game, you're finding it at nine in a lot of spots. You're seeing a nine and a half as well. On the nine and a half, over is juice of even and the under is minus 120. On the nine, the over is juice anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. And the under is anywhere between even and minus 105 as your starting pitching matchup for this one. Raul Alcantara is going to be going for the juice on Bears. Meanwhile, Ricardo Pinto is gonna be going for the SK Wyverns and with Mr. Pinto. Well, the issue for him has been walked so far this year. He's made 12 starts. He's 167 in the third innings. Here's the issue. 41 walks of 40 strikeouts. Now, he does a good job of keeping the ball in the yard. He's given up two home runs so far this year, and he's been victimized by unearned runs. Ten unearned runs given up in 67 and a third innings. I mean, that's beyond comical, and this is someone that's actually coming off a decent start. He went up against the NC Dinos in his last start, gave up two runs over the course of six innings, and this is with the NC Dinos having their full roster out there. So, by and large, he's been able to do a solid job, and he's given up more than three earned runs just three times so far this year. So he's actually not been terrible. He's actually had a stretch of some very good starts. He just is a guy that he buries himself with too many walks. And I think he realizes that. He's been doing a little bit of a better job with that recently. Meanwhile, through a little contra, he's got the most velocity of any pitcher that you're going to find out there in the KBO. And he has been dealing recently. He has given up three runs or fewer. In each out of his past 6 starts. And the strikeout numbers are starting to climb. 77 in a 3rd innings for him. 69 strikeouts to 17 walks as Rock Solid. He actually does give up a couple home runs though. He has given up 7 so far this year. And with the Wyverns. I think that very sneakily. This is a team that all of a sudden is starting to get healthy. Now Jamie Romack. Has been a bust for this team so far this year. He had been one of the best hitters out there in the KBO the last couple of years. Sitting at two sixty-three this year, and he's given the team 11 home runs. He was in the top 5 in the KBO with regards to home runs last year. Jung Choi is starting to pick things up, though. He's not got 12 bombs. He's got an amazing percentage of a four hundred. But here's the big thing for this team. They have been missing one of their key bats throughout the entire year in Handong Min. In the first 18 games of the season, he was hitting right around a 315-ish. He was able to give the team six home runs with that regard. He made his first appearance in over a month and a half for the team yesterday in their win against the Doosan Bears. That is huge. And now you've got... Ji-hoon Choi is going to be able to see some better pitches. He's hitting right around 300, and you've been able to get a little bit of something as well out of Junwoo Choi. He's been able to give the team a 300. And what's very funny is that the Wyverns, during their game Tuesday morning, went Choi, Choi, Choi with Their first three batters, so I think that that's intriguing. And with the Wyverns, this is a team that I think that the bullpen is going to be able to get the job done. You don't necessarily have the world's greatest bullpen with this team, but with that said, ever since Jae Ha has been pretty much not on the roster, he is Korean for Blow and Save. That's a guy that used to be in the Cubs organization that blew four saves in six days. They've actually been a little bit better. And for Dusan, this is a bullpen that is not very good. You got to think that Alcantara is going to be able to give some good length to the spot, but what you're going to be able to get out of the bullpen is anyone's guess. You do know. That this is a lineup that is very lethal. You've got Jose Miguel Fernandez along Kunmin Hur, both hitting between a 358 and a 368. And with Fernandez, he's given the team 11 home runs, 43 RBI. Also with 43 RBI, Juwan Choi who's hitting a little bit above 300. Si-Yuk Park hitting right around a 300 at the catcher spot as well. And then you got J.L.O., who's hitting a 343. But contrary to popular belief, this isn't a team that necessarily has a ton of power. Jayquan Kim has been able to give the team 11 home runs, 52 RBI. So they've got good power, but it's not like the NC Dinos or anything like that, and I do think that the Wyverns are going to be able to get just enough hitting in this one, I think that Pinto is doing a better job of being able to control his pitches. That'll keep the SK Wyverns in this game. I think that the Wyverns' bullpen is going to be good enough to be able to get the job done, so we're going to take this total under, and we're going to take the gob ton of a plus price here with the Wyverns, and we wrap things up with game number 304629304630. You've got the Kia Tigers hitting the road face off against the Samsung Lions. Lions are finding themselves right around even money across the board. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Kia Tigers anywhere between Lions. 118 and minus 120 and your total on this game is 9. With the 9, you're going to find the over with juice anywhere between minus 120 and minus Under is anywhere between even and plus 105. You're starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Kia Tigers, it is going to be Drew Gagion. Meanwhile, it's going to be John Beck, who's going to be going for the Samsung Lions and for Mr. Beck. He's been up and down this year. I think that's the best way of being able to put it. 4-4 four four record, 544 ERA. Over the course of 9 starts, this is someone that hasn't walked a lot of guys. Only 15 walks, 38 strikeouts. Here's the issue, though. 48 innings, 10 home runs. That is absolutely atrocious, and he's just been lit up recently. Over his last 2 starts, a combined 10 innings, giving up 10 runs, 3 home runs in the process... That is not good. He is starting to give up a couple more walks as well. Three plus walks in three out of his last five starts. And then you take a look at the other side for Mr. Gaggione. He's been doing a better job ever since he's been not tipping his pitches. Now, against the Smiling Blobs, he certainly did not have his best stuff. He wound up giving up four runs, three of which were earned over the course of four and a third innings. It was the first time that he had went fewer than five and a third innings ever since the beginning of the month of June. So, he certainly has been able to give the team a little bit of length. And you take a look at Gaggione. He needs to limit the walks a little bit more. 24 walks over the course of 62 and two-thirds innings, but he's also got 61 punch outs. He's only given up one home run as well. And this is a Samsung team that they've got functional power, but they don't have a ton of it. Tyler Saladino is back in the fold. No doubt that is helping out this team. And you've got quite a few guys that they do a very nice job of being able to Go deep into pitch counts and they do a good job of being able to get on base. Someone like who has got an on base of a three forty six, three twenty batting average. That is absolutely terrific. One suck Lee, three fifty-three on base. If y'all like what he's doing, but you just take a look at the team in general. You've got a bunch of guys with like five, six home runs. As a matter of fact, they've got four different guys with six home runs. Really, the guy that's carrying the mail with regards to a power standpoint is Min Kong Kang, who has been able to give the team eight home runs. So, I think that's intriguing with Samsung. They've got, in my opinion, the best bullpen out there in the KBO, but they did have to use so Oh in the team's game Tuesday morning as well. You may remember him from his time with the St. Louis Cardinals, Colorado Rockies, and others with regards to the MLB. And for the Kia Tigers, you do have to like the fact that Preston Tucker is starting to pick things up as well. He's given the team three home runs over the team's last eight days. So that has been huge. He's hitting above a 300. You have to f- like the fact that Ji one Na along with Hung Woo Choi are combining to hit right around a 300. These two guys are between the ages of 35 and 36. A combined 76 RBI and they have nine home runs a piece as well. So that's been very solid. And you take a look at this Kia team. I think that they're going to be able to get a solid performance out of Gageon. I do think that he's going to wind up giving up a couple runs, but I do think that this is a spot in which Beck just gets lit up by the Kia Tigers as well. I think that Kia, because they were able to get to sell O yesterday as well, is gonna be able to face some of the less than trustworthy Samsung Lions closers as well. I think that that's gonna be a big reason why the Kia Tigers are gonna be able to pull this one out. So we are gonna be going with this total over and we're gonna be going with Kia. And that will wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast on this Tuesday evening slash Wednesday morning. A big thanks to Carlos Collazo, does great work with Baseball America for joining me in the second segment. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you have very big questions for the podcast, write it in my timeline at JRS41. Hopefully, you all stay healthy and doing well. I'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you.